0: Assuming you have a favorite sports team, have you ever traced back when or how that team became your favorite? What was it that caused you to choose to root for for that team? I suppose there's a number of different reasons that people have for picking a favorite team. Some might be as simple as they like the colors, they like the mascot, or other arbitrary details. Maybe a person was born in that city. But a lot of us might be able to trace our love for a certain team back to our childhood. In fact, there is such a wide array of fans of not just winning teams that choose uh, favorite players and winning teams, but, but fans of teams that are perennially losers. Well, how does that happen? If you trace it back, you'll see that for many of us, it was probably instilled in us in our home. Perhaps we grew up with a, a rather fanatical dad uh, who lived and breathed that sports team. And that has been passed on to us, and still to this day, we show, share that same love for and affection for that favorite team. Now, what holds true as far as our favorite sports teams just simply illustrates what is true about God's design for the house dads, fathers, you have a significant impact on the upbringing and the influence of your children. Today, however, as we focus on the blessing of that influence, we're not looking so much as passing on a love for a favorite team, but rather a, a much greater calling, to see that God has called us to be a, a fathers with great priorities with the proper priorities that he lays out for us to pass on to our children. Dads, your children will be what they see, which is to say that God has established it. His design for the home was that the buck stops with you, that you are to to model, to demonstrate, and to show children what it looks like to live and breathe the Christian faith. In the same way, in fact, and in a much greater way, Uh, that we live and breathe our favorite sports team. A number of years ago, there was an advertisement that stuck with me. Now, I don't maybe know how effective it was because I don't even remember the product that was being promoted, but the advertisement stuck with me. It depicted uh, a man in a number of different scenarios engaged in behavior that was anything from, well, bad habits, all the way up to criminal acts. One scene scene just showed him raising his hand against another woman. Another scene showed him littering. Another showed him smoking. Another showed him spewing racist vitriol to, to somebody else. And why was this ad impactful? Because in each of those scenes, it wasn't the man alone, but right next to him was a little toddler mimicking his every move. The point of the ad was that children are watching. Dads, children are watching. And that is actually a good thing by God's design. Because God wants children to look to you for them to learn something extremely important that will serve them the rest of their lives. He says in our lesson for today from Deuteronomy chapter 6, this is what we are to pass on to the next generation. To love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. So dads, unlike that ad, it's not just a matter of making sure that you hide bad behavior from them or that you are on your best behavior so that they, they learn how to be a good person from you. God has called you to something more, to instill and to pass on to your children, to model, to demonstrate for them what it looks like to love the Lord. And in many ways, that is demonstrated by what we do. Or sadly, oftentimes, by what we haven't done. Dad's, does this topic of of fatherhood, Christian fatherhood, fill you with guilt? Honestly, there's a place for that. There is a place for that when we reflect on our lives and the time that we spend in our homes and and how we are influencing our children. See, dads, if, if we are passing on to our children that Sundays are all about the big game and getting ready for that, we have misplaced priorities. If our children hear us pummeling the president more than they do lifting up the Lord, then we have failed them. If we are more passionate about debating critical race theory in schools than we are passing Jesus and Christ onto our children, then we have missed the boat as to what it means to be a Christian father. So when we evaluate those words, what it means to love the Lord your God with all your soul, with all your heart, with all your mind, to pass this on to the next generation, how would your children define what that looks like based on what they see in the home? Not based on what they might be taught in a Christian elementary school or high school, not based on what they hear in Sunday school or from church, but based on what they see from you in the home how would they define what it looks like to love the Lord with every fiber of your being? Again, it leaves us feeling pretty guilty, doesn't it? Which is why I absolutely love what precedes the verses from Deuteronomy. As Moses is being used by God to prepare his people to lead them into the promised land, not Moses, but Joshua, Moses is here sharing these words of encouragement He's pointing to them to the importance of keeping God's commands. And in the the verses, the chapter that precedes this chapter in Deuteronomy, Moses reminded them, once again, repeated the words of the Ten Commandments. But you can't read through those Ten Commandments without taking note of how he introduces them. Listen to the verse that precedes even the very first commandments that Moses reminds the people of. In chapter 5 of Deuteronomy, verse 6, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. God was not interested in the Israelites' behavior and obedience just for the sake of keeping commands, just to check off items on a list. God knew that obedience only mattered when it was carried out as a response of of gratitude and love, and so he reminded them of what he had done for them of how he had delivered them out of slavery from Egypt, through the desert, and finally now into the promised land. So God was absolutely concerned about making sure that their obedience and their understanding of loving the Lord came from knowing how, knowing how well-loved they were in the first place. Dad, it's, it, it is no different when it comes to carrying out your calling as Christian Fathers. God wants you to know that the foundation for Christian fatherhood is knowing that he has delivered you as well and to pass that on to your children. Do you know what that means? That means that, that your status of dad or father, your worthiness as far as that title and that role is carried out, doesn't have anything to do with, with how many Bible passages you've taught your children to memorize or how thoroughly they know Christian doctrine. That's not the basis of your worthiness before God. Your worthiness before God is based completely on what God has done for you already in Christ Jesus. You are worthy to God because he has declared it to be so. Because he sent his son to forgive you. So no, this status before God, our worthiness, is not some condition that must be acted upon, that we have to show ourselves to be worthy Christian fathers or dads in order to earn God's love and respect. He says you already have them because of what my son Jesus has done for you. And so, dads, that means that your worthiness is not based on the number of times you have neglected the word of God in front of your children. Your worthiness is rather God's declaration that you're forgiven in spite of that. And it's not about how many times you have chosen work over your children, but it's about God declaring you are forgiven in spite of that. And it's not about your failure to love your children's mother the way that Christ loved his church, but your worthiness is is that God has declared you forgiven for failing there. And your worthiness is, is not in general about your failure to pass on the Christian truths to your children. Your worthiness is that God says you're forgiven for your lack of doing so. Do you see the common theme in all of these? In each of these scenarios, it's not what you have done or what you haven't done. It's what God has done. It's what God has declared. And what he has declared is that you are forgiven. And it's that forgiveness that serves as the foundation for fatherhood. And it's that forgiveness that equips you and also encourages you to pass that truth on to your children that you know full well you are good with God because Christ Jesus has made it so. The work has been done as far as your status before God. You are worthy because of what Christ has done. And yet, there is work to do because fatherhood takes work, doesn't it? So let's talk about what it takes to build on that foundation of forgiveness. Again, while it takes work, it's it's not work or an effort that it has any bearing on our relationship with God. Jesus took care of that. But now, being built, building on that foundation of forgiveness, we're ready to do the hard work that fatherhood requires. And it is hard work. It's hard work because, well, we have ourselves to battle against. For the rest of our lives, our nature is inclined to focus on self and, and put self first, not our children. And that's not the only obstacle that we have. We also are faced with a, a world that has more distractions in it than ever before, meaning that we have to be very deliberate, very intentional about staying the course if we are to teach these truths to our children. And not only that, it's not just a matter of distractions, but it's actually vocal opposition to you as a man, as a, as a dad, as we continue to berate dad. See, we're used to. Dad's being displayed as moronic buffoons on television, but now the world has ramped up the attack. And some would go so far as to say that men are the root of, of every problem that we're dealing with. And and that means you, dads, and and our patriarchal past. And only once we eradicate that will we solve the problems. So you have an uphill battle. There's a lot of building to be done. And it's not going to be easy. But God guides us in that process. And God promises us that as we carry out, as we apply that guidance, he'll bless our efforts. So what is the goal again? God laid that out in these verses. It's to love the Lord and to teach our children to do so. And then Moses continues in Deuteronomy and explains how God has equipped us or what he has given us to be able to carry out that goal. He says, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. So if we are to love the Lord and teach our children to do the same, God says, there's a way that you do that. You instill my gospel promises and my commands. You imprint them on their hearts. Give them my word. And the more of my word they receive and hear and study and learn and digest, the more they will love me because it will point them to my love for them. Now, how do, we, how do we instill this? How do we impress this on them? The verses continue giving us the, the actual directives, the how as far as making these commandments and impressing them on the hearts of our children. In verse seven, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. God is making it clear, dads, that you potentially have the most influence over your children than than anybody else. Not a school, not a church. Those help, those aid in the process. But notice all of this happens in the home. And God has blessed you with the privilege Of carrying that out. Now now Jewish people would take these verses very literally and tie Bible verses to their hands and their foreheads. Well now God is less concerned about following everything to a T as he than He is about making sure we we understand and grasp the whole point of this. And we heard it last Sunday. Really, what God is saying is let the word of Christ dwell in your homes richly. What does that look like? Now, now maybe this feels like an intimidating thing. And you say, well, how do I, how do I carry that out? What is the modern day equivalent of tying those, those verses, those commands to our foreheads and our hands and writing them over our door frames and our gates? If not literally, what does it look like in the modern day? Well, let me allow one suggestion and I, I hope this isn't overly complex, that, that as I share this with you, I don't lose you. Here's my suggestion talk. Talk about Jesus. Talk about forgiveness. Talk about your faith. Talk about spiritual things in your home. And actually, as you are talking about these, not just in a Bible class or a Sunday school or before or after church, but all the time, day in and day out, you are actually showing, you're modeling to your children what spiritual growth looks like that it's normal, that it's natural, that it's daily, that it's regular, that it happens in the home. And these are the conversations that we simply have as Christians. We talk about how wonderful God is, how gracious he is and what he has done for us in Christ Jesus. And the more we talk about that, we are modeling. We're showing our children what it looks like to love the Lord. Now, if I haven't lost you on that point, that suggestion of talking about these things, let me add one more element. In addition to talking about these matters of spiritual growth, about Jesus, about faith, about forgiveness, do them as well. Put them into practice so that the talk and the conversation and what your children hear from you also matches what they see from you. So when you talk of forgiveness, show them what it looks like by forgiving the person who has hurt or wronged you. When you talk about saying, sorry, show them what that looks like to model repentance by saying, I'm sorry, I messed up. Will you forgive me? When you talk about the importance of loving and serving our neighbor and letting your your light shine and being the salt of the earth, don't just talk, but let them see what that looks like as you treat others with kindness, and you love your neighbor and your enemy. So talk about it, yes, but model it as well. And if we can do those two simple things, if we can just focus on carrying those out regularly, dads, you're doing a great job of carrying out your calling. And man, do our children need it. There's a a story that is told of a photographer that wanted to catch some photographs, take some pictures of a raging wildfire. And his editor set everything up to get to an airstrip and there was going to be a little airplane that was going to allow the pilot to take him as near as he could safely be to the fire to get some good shots. Sure enough, as the photographer arrived at the airstrip, he saw the little Cessna and went up to the plane, got in it, saw the pilot there, and directed him to take him to the the wildfire. The pilot looked at him nervously and eventually took off, and as he was flying, was was somewhat erratic in his flying and and seemed to be visibly nervous. Nonetheless, the photographer asked the pilot to to swoop in closer to the fire to the north side and, and do a few passes so that he could get some good shots. The pilot looked at him nervously, said, you want me to to fly closer to the the fire as he's seeing all the smoke and and the flames all around him? And and the man replied, well, yes, I'm I'm a photographer. I take pictures, I take photographs, and and to get a good photograph, we have to be close to the fire. To which the, the pilot turned and said, you mean you're not my flight instructor? Kind of humorous when it's told as an anecdote. But the sad truth is there are far too many children being brought up in this world today that don't have a flight instructor, that don't have a father to guide them, to direct them, to train them, not just in the ways of the world to be good citizens, but to know God's love for them so that they might love the Lord in return. Fathers, you are called to carry that out. And remember that the foundation of your fatherhood is and always will be the forgiveness that is yours in Christ Jesus. Go back to that daily. Let your children see you drinking up from the well of that gospel forgiveness in Jesus. And then talk to them about it. Model it to them. And in so doing, you will, you will carry out your calling as a, a father with proper priorities. God will bless your efforts. Your heavenly father will bless you as a father as you seek by his grace to carry out your calling. Amen.